Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of In Depth with Beth and Seth, a podcast of Plymouth Congregational Church, during which we talk about what happened the Sunday prior. We're talking about March 6th, 2022, and it was Confirmation Sunday. So there's all kinds of wonderful things to talk about. My name is Beth Hoffman-Faith. I am the Minister for Congregational Care and Worship, and I am here with my esteemed colleague and the Professor of Confirmation at Plymouth (laughs) Congregational Church, Seth Patterson. Hi, Seth. I, I don't know which one of those made me laugh more, esteemed or professor of confirmation. I would like a business card that says professor, but it's in quotes because I'm not a real professor of confirmation. Hi, everybody. I'm Seth Patterson, your minister for spiritual formation and theater. And indeed, yesterday was confirmation Sunday, which is I said yesterday it was my favorite Sunday of the year. And that might be true, but it's definitely top three. Absolutely. Mine too. It always has been wherever I have served. There is something so significant about Confirmation Sunday. And yesterday, oh, it just was a day of of joy and hope and all things good and positive. And Seth, you really are instrumental to this process because you shepherd our confirmands from the beginning of their journey to this day and beyond. And so first, I just like to hear not only how yesterday felt to you, but how it felt to you to do this in the midst of a pandemic, what your class and structure felt like. I know it was, it wasn't always smooth sailing. No, (laughs) like everything else right now, it was not smooth sailing. I inherited confirmation from our recently retired colleague, Paula Northwood. And I, and I did confirmation with her to a degree for the couple years I was here when she did it. And then I had a confirmation class that was confirmed in 2019. That was the first one that I did by myself. And then the one for that would have been confirmed in 2020, we had to push it back and we ended up doing the confirmation in a pre-recorded one by one kind of way in October of 2020. And that was both meaningful that we were able to come up with a way to do it. And it was very strange. So like none of the confirmation students saw each other until they watched Mm -hmm. the final version. It was the best we could do in the moment. So I started this group in January of 2021, and we decentered confirmation from the school year and instead made it a calendar year. So we met in January to then be confirmed the following January. And we met for the first six months over Zoom, which is not an ideal way for eighth graders at the time and me to talk about deep spiritual questions and and engaging other ways of thinking over Zoom. It was fine. It worked okay. And then we sort of met in the summer, but there was never a time that anybody, all the people could be there. Mm -hmm. So really this fall was the center of the whole thing. And then we were supposed to do confirmation in January and it got postponed because of January, Mm. but it worked really well. So to answer your question in the most long-winded way possible, doing it yesterday was a relief that it actually happened after at least one postponement, but an uncertain world of doing something like this and pure just joy that they were able to accomplish this, that they were able to stand up in front of a group of people and read their selection and be confirmed. And if they chose, somebody could put their hand on their shoulders as they were there and we were able to make it as meaningful as possible. It was the culmination of a long journey. Yeah. And 
I used to always tell the confirmands that I taught and confirmed that it wasn't a graduation. Yesterday wasn't a graduation. It was just the beginning of a new part of their journey. There may be some people who are listening who really don't know what confirmation is. So how would you describe it, Seth? Confirmation has a long history and Plymouth does it differently than it's often done. Confirmation is, it is a rite of passage. It is often the Christian equivalent to a bar bat mitzvah. It is in some traditions, the same basic age where a believer's baptism would be uh, traditions that don't baptize babies, but rather 12 or 13 year olds. This is the same era. So it's really that rite of passage that marks a young person's movement from childhood to adulthood. Not that they are adults, but it's marking that transition. Many places, confirmation is a way for the young people to learn the rules of their tradition and be able to explain them back. That's how it was for me as a kid. I learned about the Presbyterian church and how we did things and what we believed, and I regurgitated it back. What Paula started, and maybe even precedes her, and what I inherited is more of an exploration around what is it that you believe? We'll give you resources of faith traditions, other faith traditions, your own, but really it's an exploration of where do you see yourself fitting into these large questions? And for us, it culminates in a, what I believe now statement. The idea being that you get to practice naming, what do I believe right now and why? Knowing that it will likely change in your life. And I do want to talk about the writing of that statement. But I'm glad that you mentioned baptism even briefly in this explanation about what confirmation is, because baptism and confirmation are partners in the church in Mm -hmm. that many people are baptized as infants and they have other people speaking on their behalf. And confirmation becomes a confirming of those baptismal vows at a time where you yourself can decide if this is truly what you believe. Are you a, a believer of some sort? And at Plymouth, you know, the, the range and the birth of understanding God is wide as it should be. And the permission is given to really explore and go deep about what divine means and which is hard enough as an adult, but I would say probably particularly challenging when you're 14 or 15 years old. I know one of the things about confirmation has always that has always been sort of a conversation in every church I've served is what age is appropriate for confirmation. Yeah. You know, you do it too young and it's just really hard to shape whatever you're feeling into questions or thoughts. You know, you wait too long and people fear you you've lost our youth and they're too busy to participate. So you got to find that sweet spot. Do you feel that our eighth to ninth grade year is an appropriate time to offer confirmation? I do. When I started, it was at ninth grade and then partially in an effort to bolster our senior high program that was faltering when I started, we moved it to eighth grade. There was some value in that. Eighth graders are often the oldest in their school. So there's a certain amount of boldness that comes with being an eighth grader. You're the big kid in the school. So to be asked to think and stretch yourself might be a little bit easier than when you're in ninth grade and you're all of a sudden little again in Mm. the scheme of things. What we've done now is on the calendar year, they start as eighth graders and end as ninth graders. I really like that because then you get the best of both of that oldest middle school kid and youngest high school kid. But yet there's a great amount of maturing that happens in that year. 
Yes. And I, I really applaud moving it from a school year to a calendar year. I think that's really smart because you do get their own growth in that process uh, really comes comes to play as they they figure out this whole idea about faith. So the core of the day on confirmation is the sharing and proclaiming of a statement that you call what I believe now. Yeah. Um, those of us who maybe grew up in more of a traditional confirmation experience, maybe we wrote a statement of faith. I did. Um, Yes, I did too. And I've had many a confirmand write a statement of faith on what you believe about God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. But you really open this up, what I believe now. So can you talk a little bit about the purpose of the statement, the instructions that you give the youth as they have to create their own? And then we'll talk a little bit about what we heard yesterday. The reason I changed the phrasing out of faith is because I found that that word carried so much baggage for the young people, that they couldn't get past it. They couldn't get past this idea that there was a correctness to faith. Mm. And if they didn't fit into that correctness, they didn't have it. And so instead of exploring, it became just a rejection. They just rejected the concept and then wrote about why they rejected it. And while it's important to name that, I was hoping to try to find a way to turn it into the positive as opposed to the negative. It's easy to say why you don't. It's very easy to say why you don't like religion, Christianity, church, what we would call faith. Those reasons are given to us a lot. What is harder is to name what is valuable. So I ask questions. We talked a lot about what is important to you? What gets you up in the morning? What gives you hope? What is it that you base your decisions off of? How do you know when things are going well? What are the things you're willing to fight for? Those are your beliefs. Why? And so often they would write some version of, I believe that all people are equal. And then I would come back and say, why? Where do you get that belief? Well, it's because my parents showed it to me. I learned it because of this friend. I saw it at Plymouth, whatever it might be. And that's where some of that depth comes in. Mm-hmm. And then it stops being just a rejection of the thing. Well, and you named to us yesterday that you think this is a practice we should all participate in. Yeah. I happen to agree. And so you model that by offering up your own, what I believe now statement. And if those of you who are listening haven't heard Seth's, what I believe now, I encourage you, of course, to go to Plymouth's YouTube channel and watch or listen to the confirmation service from yesterday. And, you know, Seth, your statement is beautiful. It's very articulate. It's articulate. It's very thoughtful. I wondered how, was this difficult for you to write? Yes. Hmm. And this is something that, I mean, this is my livelihood. I did it because it's important, I think, for the young people to hear adults do it as well. I think it's important that they hear that we don't all believe things and I, th- that we all don't believe the same things. And like I said, I think it's unfair that we ask ninth graders to do this work that we don't do. And also, I thought it was important that they heard somebody who assumes a role, a title, that so often people think they know what I believe because of my job. Do you get that? Do you ever get your haircut and somebody asks what you do for a living and all of a sudden they know everything you believe because you're clergy? (laughs) Mm. Assumptions are made. Yes, exactly. So part of what I wanted to do was name what I actually believe. And I find that to be difficult, partially because I limited them to one paper. They may have said I, or one page. They might say I forced them to write a page, but I think it's for me, I could write 10 pages, but to limit it down to that one page of core 
this, I believe, is a struggle. And mine was different than the one I did a year and a half ago. I was going to ask if there had been changes along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's true. Faith is ever evolving. And I, I think that's um, something that our children are modeling to us. But we as an adults really, really need to grab onto. If we're starting to, to have questions or concerns about the, a tenant of faith that we've always held or cherished so dear, uh, it's important to delve into it, that faith is this evolution of ideas and understandings. So yesterday, our confirmands read a piece of each of their, what I believe now, statements. I found these to be the most poignant moments of the morning, really powerful, tender, sincere, vulnerable. I I mean, all the words I just, and I know we were only getting glimpses into their statements. You have had the privilege of reading the entirety of their statements. Did the confirmands share with you what it was like for them to do this? Yes and no. They defaulted to, that was hard. Why did you make us do that? And then they would all laugh and agree that I was awful and making them do this. Well, not really meaning it. Nobody was able to express that it was helpful Mm. explicitly, but I found that once they wrote it, when I asked questions, they were able to answer the questions differently than they were before they wrote it. Hmm. My, my witness of it is that they, they changed because they were able to name it. Now I could ask questions about something they said, and they were able to justify that or explain it more so than when it was just a loose concept in the air. Well, and it was obviously something that they continued to think about because you shared with me one of the confirmands after it was due and had handed in uh, an initial statement, sent you something else later that Mm -hmm. said, I've been thinking about this and I really want to add this to my statement. That means that they're making these connections, right? They're starting to walk the walk of, of faith and belief and, and seeing how all these elements of their life kind of fit together. That that's a really powerful testimony to me. And many of them in the larger paper, the one page, not the paragraph they read said some version of this is what I believe now. And and I'm certain it will change. They were able to name that. And yesterday morning, when I asked them to read it out loud to each other, to get it out of their mouths before they spoke it to a whole congregation, one of them got up and said, I'm not sure I mean this anymore. And everybody Mm. laughed and said, yeah, I don't know if I do. Then it became like, even in that moment, they recognized the transition or the transience that is this thing. And this was a month ago that they finalized Mm. this, this paper. In a month, they were able to recognize that this shifted somewhat. And a few of them made edits on the fly small things. Well, and how important that they are able to name that. I think that many adults just take faith for granted, aren't really being thoughtful about what they believe or if what they believe has changed from what they believed a year ago, 10 years ago, 50 years ago. So what an important practice you're planting into our confirmands as they continue their walk. I hope so. I I wonder if part of that's a consequence of the statement of faith, as if you have named it and it's done mm. and it's static. And and sometimes I wonder, what is the consequence of this way of doing it? Because at the time, that was best practice. Here's the faith. Name it. Live it. There you go. And it wasn't nefarious. It wasn't malicious. I might now think that it was limiting, but I'm wondering in 10 years what the consequences of this way of doing it will be. I don't know. Well, we 
are all aware, particularly in this time, that what we do right now does not have to be forever. So yes. this is this is a practice that is working now and allowing our confirmants to think in new and challenging ways. And maybe that will shift into something else. Inshallah. <laughs> I hope so. Seth, I want to say to you, congratulations on a beautiful confirmation service yesterday, but also what an amazing group of young people that we confirmed. And I know that you have felt especially privileged to walk this road with them. And I know that it's a lot of work and (laughs) a lot of time and a lot of investment. And even putting together something like yesterday morning, there's so many moving parts and so many people to coordinate with. And I'm sure you are exhausted this morning. Deserve a couple of days off. And I know there's no rest (laughs) for the weary. (laughs) Yes, I know that too. But I just, I really want to commend you for a a really uh, beautiful morning and uh, a really excellent program in terms of confirmation, a program, confirmation program, really good. So as we close today, I wonder what, what would you say to your confirmands this morning, today, the day after, what is your hope for them as they take their next steps? I'm proud of you. And I hope that you felt as loved as we hoped you felt. Hmm. You are not alone. You have a whole community with you. That's what I hope. Amen to that. Well, friends, thanks for joining us. And we'll see you in another week.